Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One day later, my apologies, but I am back as your host, Ali, and joining me this evening, we have the basically the original trio, Dave and Simon. How are we, gentlemen? Ah, oh, not too bad, thank you. Bye. Very good, thank you. It was um, a positive weekend for, for both of you, and a, a very um, talking point weekend <laughs> for myself, which we'll come on to later. Um, let's just crack straight into the games, Simon, and what was supposed to be a very, very tricky game. Um, that, um, <laughs> I assume it was an early kickoff. It was, um, yeah. Turned out, turned out to be a result that no one surely could see coming. But um, I'm assuming you were at the game, and how, I mean, how was it from from the live perspective? How comfortable, really, did you feel? Uh, oh God, it. I mean, b- before the game, yeah, like you said, the, the final result obviously no one saw coming. The the actual fact that we beat them, I don't think is. Uh, too much of a surprise. We did the double over them last season. Um, you know, th- like it's it's a funny one looking at Brighton and Villa because Brighton quite rightly have had so much praise from from everyone really. You know, uh, pundits and you know us on this podcast, we're we're, we're huge fans of them. But uh, you kind of like. We did, as I say, we did the double over them last season, and we finished one point behind, having given them a 12-game head start. It's, it's kind of, it's gone slightly under the radar, actually, that, that, that we're not a bad team ourselves. Um, and, we, you know, the, we showed on Saturday, I mean, we were just unbelievable. It was, to be fair to Brighton, the first, I'd say, five to ten minutes of both halves, they started quite brightly, didn't really ever threaten to score. But, you know, they, they were playing pretty well. And then we kind of, after that sort of initial 10-minute period or so in the first half, we got a real foothold in the game. And the tactics that, that we sort of employed for it in terms of pressing them at very specific points where in, in the midfield and, and hitting them on the counter-attack, we, that, that finally started to, to come off and work for us. And from the moment we took the lead, we just... It was like something changed, and you know we got what, three goals in sort of like ten or twelve minutes in that first half, and I, I think like when, when the second one went in specifically, you could almost see their players kind of like looking around, thinking what is going on here, and they had absolutely no answer for us whatsoever. I mean, Watkins slow start to the season. Once he got that goal last week. I, I was absolutely sure, 100% sure that he was going to score again today. Like we've sort of spoken about in the last few years now, he's he's kind of like a streaky goal scorer. Once he gets one, he'll go on like a decent long run of goals. And and he was magnificent. I mean, his second goal was a perfect example of how we sort of explo- exploited and exposed Brighton, winning the ball quickly in the midfield. And 
the the pace which we go forward. I, I read something before the weekend's games, and it, I can't remember the the exact wording of the stat. But the basic, the general gist of it was that we've scored the most goals and created the most from counter attacks this season. And I think going back into bits of last season as well, it's it's a real strength of ours, which Watkins obviously gave us last year, and alongside DRB now, who is such a good footballer, really. Like, I can't believe... It seems like 50 minutes is a bit of a bargain for him at the moment, but you've got real... You've got two really pacey forwards now who are, who are threatening teams. And then Kamara and Louise completely controlled the midfield. I mean, Douglas Louise, I, I think amongst football fans, is one of the most underrated players outside of Villa Park. He, he's a magnificent footballer. He's got everything to his game. And so we you know, go 3-0 up at half-time, and you're very, very comfortable, but you're kind of thinking, well, Brighton are a good team. You know, they're going to, surely they can't come out playing any worse. And he made, Deserby made three changes at half-time, and they, you know, they, they came out like you would expect them to. Pulled a goal back, and at that stage, then there was like a sort of five, ten-minute period after they pulled one back, where obviously the momentum was with them. And there wasn't there wasn't any like nervousness in the crowd, but you but you know full well that if there's another goal in this game, it, it could be really crucial here. And luckily, rather than us sort of maybe thinking, okay, let's just sit back for a bit, it was like no, let's keep doing what we we're doing in that first half. And it was fairly quickly after they pulled that one back that that Watkins completed his hat trick and we got the fourth. And you could just see then that completely killed any momentum that they were building up. Everyone, the players on the pitch, uh, the fans in the stadium relaxed and knew, OK, right, th- th- this is it now, that's the game. And then, even then, from that point on, it's what's really great to see uh, since Emery's come in is that there's, there's no sort of sitting back on, on any type of leads more often than not and thinking, OK, let's just see this out. It's no... We can smell blood. Let's go for more goals here. And Jacob Ramsey's obviously missed the start of the season with injury. He came uh, came on for the last 20 minutes, half hour or so, and scores a, a typical Jacob Ramsey goal. I mean, <laughs> he's he's, he's a, another player who I absolutely love. So having him back was brilliant. And then Dougie obviously got his goal. He's now he's now equaled Dwight York's record of scoring in five consecutive Premier League games at home. Uh, and that gave us our 10th Premier League win in the row at home as well, which for for a long, long time now, our home record has been quite poor, really. Um, but, you know, it's, it's become, well, it has become like a fortress. You know, teams know when they're going to Villa Park, it's, it's going to be a, a tough afternoon. They're going to do well to get anything out of it. And, you know, this, the start of the season, because of... The, obviously, the, the two cup defeats we've had and the heavy defeats away at Newcastle and Liverpool, you could, I think, from an outsider, you could kind of be forgiven for thinking, oh, they've not, they're not started that well. But I think we're sitting fifth in the league now, five wins in seven games. I think we're the highest or second highest goal scorers in the league. Um, you know, it's, it's actually been a really good start. When you think as well, we've not had, um, obviously, Buendir and Mings are. Uh, you know, two key players who have been missing and won't play all season. We've not had Ramsey for most of the season or Alex Moreno, and that's the whole left side of our attack. So you kind of think when them two get back as well, 
um, yeah, I think it's, it's all looking good for us at the moment. And it was, it was interesting seeing Gareth Southgate in the stand. They showed his face on the screen and there were a few boos because um, I'm sure he was there <laughs> watching watching Danny Welbeck and Lewis Dunk rather than Watkins and Ezra Conza, who, I mean, Conza, Conza has to be in that England squad. And it was funny, uh, Watkins was asked about, uh, about um, you know, Southgate being in there. And he kind of said, you know, I've scored a hat-trick against a top-five team. There's not much more I can do. It's, it's up to him, which um, is interesting. Like, there seems to be a bit of content for Gareth Southgate amongst the other players. So I remember when Mings was called up uh, for the games in June, I think it was, and he was asked, and he kind of said, my performances are no different from what they were when the last squad was announced, so I don't really know what the difference is between the two. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, the England squad's completely other debate, which I can't be asked getting into. But um, from a Villa point of view, to do that to, to a good footballing team, and, it, it, you know, it could have been a lot more than six, was absolutely brilliant to see. Yeah, on, on the point you made, obviously, comparing Villa to Brighton, etc., and even the, the, like about Emery in general, uh, I listened to the, the Villa podcast, as mm. I do every week, they came up with something, so if this isn't factually correct, go to them. Um, but they had said, so I think Saturday was Emery's 38th league game in charge, since he took I, over. Okay, yeah, that um, probably sounds and, about right, yeah. And he had the second amount of points that time in the league. Behind only City, obviously. Yeah. Um, which is incredible. As you say, everybody talks about Brighton. But more so is probably the plucky underdogs, really, I guess, as you say. And yeah, I mean, not, I, I get it. Like, and they they deserve it because they, they have been brilliant. Oh, just, yeah, like, Brighton, you've, yeah. uh, I've not heard over the last 12 months a single uh, pundit or single other podcast talk about Villa the way that they talk about Brighton and I don't mind actually I'm quite happy for us to go a bit under probably the radar, a good but... thing yeah do you, do you think that's got something to do with possibly the the, the, the bigger defeats as you said yeah I, I, I think so I mean that obviously that the, the opening day one against Newcastle before that game you know there, there was there was a lot there was like quite a bit of talk about what maybe we could we could do this season because you know there's sort of uh, the high expectations and I think obviously just the you know the, the fact that it was it's a five one it, it, it yeah. it's, it's it's quite stark but you kind of like even that that defeat and the Liverpool one there's 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 things like there's context behind some of them like the Newcastle one, you know yeah. Newcastle obviously fully deserved to win that day. But like the the injury to Mings that day did make you know that that does have an impact. And then he, even the Liverpool one, they go one nil up after two minutes with the goal that you know I would argue should have been disallowed for Salah beating offside. That was the one. Yeah. And you know if that that's after two minutes. You go one nil down at Anfield after two minutes. It's difficult to come back. Now Liverpool may well have still gone on to win that game. Probably would have because they've had a really good start to the season. But it's I I I, I yeah I agree. I think those two heavy defeats away from home and maybe sort of clouded other people's view of, of how we've been and what we might necessarily do this season. Uh, Dave, I mean, obviously, like myself, wouldn't have seen the result coming, but uh, yeah, anything to add on the game? Um, I, well, I think Villa could have scored 10, if not more, but I think um, the second and third goal should have been disallowed. Second goal is offside. Third goal is a foul. Um, 
on the third goal, I think they even said it was a foul, but it was too far back to 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 uh, to take a foul on, which I find mm. difficult to stomach, really. If it's you know, it wasn't that long ago, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and the offside one. I mean, if that Man City one last month wasn't offside, then th- these types of goals are never ever going to be offside because I mean that was ridiculous, and this one wasn't as bad, but it was still, in my opinion, blocking the keeper's view. And that's on, on that, that second one. I mean. I... I in the well, watching it uh, live at the game. I you know you, you're not noticing that you didn't really see when when I then when I saw the first time I saw a replay, I did kind of think yeah that should be given offside. But I, the, the problem that I think maybe with that, and I, I don't know if you saw something different, is I, I haven't seen any replays like that, like from sort of like the goalkeeper's angle that really, really show. It's, it's difficult from the angles I've seen to tell just how much of an impact he, he did kind of make with it but yeah I, yeah I think I think it's got the point where I'm probably too simplistic about it compared to the laws yeah. now because to me like if you stand in the keeper's eye line you're interfering yeah. with player um, but um, obviously the guidelines are like let's have as many goals as possible um, yeah. and uh, you know it, it, to be fair it's been consistent so far um, nothing's offside seemingly yeah um, the, the, the only uh, the one point I was, I was going to make as well was um, the first four goals in that game obviously our first three in Brighton's the the length of time that they took making decisions was because like it, it, it was really really distracting, especially for the, our first and and their their goal because you kind of you look at them and think like what why is it taking that long? But you know as we'll uh, as we'll come on to in in a later game, maybe it's a good thing they did take <laughs> their time with those decisions. Yes, I think you're probably right with that. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, take nothing away from Villa. I think um, obviously very well deserved. When Brighton lose, but when, a bit like yourselves, when when they get it wrong, they get it very wrong, yeah. um, and they just keep going. They don't like shut up shop and go. You know what? Baby falls enough for the day. They just keep going. <laughs> a bit like that Everton game last season, where maybe not the same because Brighton had a lot of the ball and that, but they were, you know, picked off eventually over and over again, um, leaving yeah. more bigger and bigger gaps. And that's, I guess, that's the the cons you got to accept, and that's probably why Deserby is, you know, isn't managing Man United or whoever else because he, he has that sort of that edge about him where when it's good it's good, but when it's bad it's very bad. So um, never mind. I'm sure they'll have better days. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Hats off to them. As you say, it's kind of hard to to be like Brighton. They'll have they're not going to happen like that very often. They're just too too well set up. Um, next up. Arsenal four, Bournemouth nil. Very, very routine for Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. So how much we can add. I mean, happy for Kai Havertz that he got a goal. Oh, chuffed. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that shows how easy the game was. Yeah, I'm starting to feel bad for him. I feel it's like it's almost bullying now. I, I think um, Bournemouth, in like sort of the opposite to Villa, are going under the radar in the sense that they haven't won a game yet, and they're really not very good. But we're not, no one's ever got, like really talking about them as being dead certs of relegation. Probably because you know Luton and Sheffield United exist, but um, mm-hmm. they are really struggling to get results at the minute. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a really good point. Actually, I, I was. Um... I was listening to, I don't know if you guys listen to uh, the Garden Football Weekly podcast on the Monday, but they, they were making the point that you kind of, the more uh, this, this season's gone on, obviously it's still early days, the, like, the more you kind of think, what were they thinking, getting rid of Gary O'Neill? I mean, this manager that they brought in, by all accounts, he's got a very good reputation. 
but it's difficult to transfer the way football's played in uh, you know in Spain to how it is over here, especially when you know with the great respect to Bournemouth, it's not like he's gone into uh, you know a team in the sort of top six, top seven where they've got technically you know mm. really gifted players who are maybe going to be able to play that. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, they've kind of gone under the radar in, in terms of that relegation talk, and maybe that's just because the promoted teams have been so bad at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, I mean, Unai Emery's come from Spain and seems to have done a decent job of uh, putting his stamp on things. But uh, we've seen nothing really from, from Bournemouth so far. They showed flat flashes against a pretty poor Chelsea team and still couldn't win. Um, but generally, I mean, this was, you know, previously Arsenal uh, at home for someone like Bournemouth was like, you know, everyone's up, up for it and get amongst them early on. I mean, obviously Arsenal are a different proposition than maybe nowadays, but um, yeah, they, they just didn't lay a glove on them, did they? It was uh, pretty poor for, from uh, from Bournemouth. So I think they've got Everton this weekend coming, which is a pretty big game already. Um, yeah, it's that good just for nothing. Carl will be pleased. <laughs> well, speaking of Everton, we <laughs> had um, and fortunes um, didn't last very long. Um, losing at home of all places to Luton. Um, I say it's a shock result. I mean, but I mean, it still has to be a shock result. I mean, yeah. Luton is not winning a game, but yes, yeah, so this is a bad one after the two results. Two results they've just had, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you say lose, you lose at home of, of all places. They, they've lost all four games at home this season. And, <laughs> you know, and, and I think Emily obviously lose at home to us, so that, that's no disgrace to them. But the other defeats have been to Fulham and Wolves. You know, that's Fulham, Wolves and Luton at home. To have picked up no points from those three games. <laughs> you, I like that. You've got to be really, really worried. And, like... The other thing as well, the two goals they've conceded, set pieces, and you know we've kind of said a few times this season, some of some of the performances from a defensive point of view are just not things that you would associate with with a Sean Dyche team. It's it's really really strange, and kind of having like we said, you know, the, the two results obviously the win away at uh, Brentford and the win away at us in the cup. Although you know we had Robin Olsen in goal, so that kind of negates. Any praise that you really want to give them for that? Um, I, I kind of, I get the feeling now. Everton, they, I think they're petrified to playing at home because the second things start <laughs> to go wrong, the crowd just turn and like, I, I do kind of get that. I mean, like the the year that that we went down, like we've been bad for a few years, like Everton have been, and then the year we went down, it was it was just such a toxic atmosphere that. The the players, the Villa players that season, you could see, would would scared playing at home. I mean, they weren't you know much braver playing away from home that year either. To be brutally honest, but um, I think it's it's really worrying for Everton. You look at and that Beto missed two really decent heavy chances towards the end of that game. Um, yeah, it's it's not looking good, is it? And from Luton point of view. You know, I, I think obviously they are still going to struggle to stay up, but they're the one promoted team that have actually seemingly got better as the weeks have gone on. Um, you know, it's still going to be a struggle, but at least they're showing signs of something. 
Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for them, they're currently one 0 down at home to Burnley as we record this. So, 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 so maybe things aren't that good. But I, I, I take your point that you know they've, they've shown a bit of something. Um, whereas uh, where Sheffield United certainly haven't really, and uh, and Burnley hadn't until well tonight it seems. Um, it's weird because Everton like really I thought turned a corner after uh, having won um, last weekend and then in the cup. Um, you know, the win at Brentford was decent, very decent, and uh, obviously yeah. not going to fill out the cups, no main feat at Villa Park, even if you had uh, your keeper with no hands in goal, but still. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I thought they'd win this, to be quite honest, um, but what wasn't to be? Um, that Bournemouth game for them, they have to win that, because after the international break, they've got Liverpool away and West Ham away uh, for that <sighs> time fixtures, so, like... Jeez, and yeah, then That's I think grim. They're, they're, yeah, and then the next one of Premier League games in November, they've got Brighton at home, Palace away, and Man U at home. The thing is, they 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 need to play like a Man United at home or something and get the you know the crowd will be up for those games sort of yeah. automatically, as you said earlier, like um, the smaller teams or whatever you want to call them, the the, the not top half teams are less of a less of a, a sort of a, a good game for the crowds. Um, and you know when when things turn they turn quickly. But if you're playing against a a, a bigger club, you know sometimes the crowd really get yeah, behind definitely. them early on. Um, and there's every chance that might happen against someone like Man United who haven't been wonderful themselves. But uh, someone like Brighton, like I know obviously Everton battered Brighton at Brighton, but like if Everton play the way they're playing now and Brighton <laughs> just play like standard Brighton ball, that's yeah. when you're, that's when you're going to end one way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Luton, Luton, yeah, Luton, they have improved, as you say, they have improved, but it's going to be tough, Everton, <laughs> I'm at the stage where I don't even know if I want them to go down now, I used to always want them to go down, <laughs> but I, I don't think I could hack Carl's mood, uh, I don't want to see him sad anymore, he's now part of the family, we need to try and cheer Carl up. Um, I think if you offered, yeah, sorry, sorry to cut across, I think if you offered Carl relegation but a new start in his ownership, I think you'd take it. Because it's like they remind me of, of us like ten years ago, where it's like you're just existing to survive, and there's no real ambition there. Because of the, you know, the finance, or whatever else. But you said to Carl, like, you'd be relegated, but you get a new owner, a new start. I think you'd take it 100. percent Yeah, um, but not 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 relegated with the prospective new owners. No, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I mean a you know a proper start. <laughs> yeah, with... yeah. <laughs> it's it's that fine line, isn't it? Because you, you you worry for them if they go down. Whether we ever see them again, um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, it, it a... might be good for them to go down for a year. But as you say, they need a new owner and a fresh, a yeah. fresh perspective. I mean, I, I was just going to say, like the you know, we, we've we've said it a few times over the last year or two. The the comparisons with them and with with us, like for the sort of years before we went down, and whilst it it was shit and we were down the championship for three years, like it in the long run, it has turned out to be the best thing that that's happened to us. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure Carlos enjoying us at this, at this very moment. But yeah, Carol, sorry, Carl. It's, it's, it's coming from love and what we're saying. I mean, we'll have great joy talking about this. <laughs> <that is. laughs> um, I'll take great joy in losing. Um, is Man United um, who lost one 0 to Crystal Palace? Um, Dave, we mentioned briefly before that it's, it's not really a result that kind of shocked <laughs> us. We said it probably for about 20, 20 podcasts in a row that. 
Man United haven't improved since Solskjaer. It's just rinse and repeat. Um, it's an absolute shambles of a club with the way they've carried on. Um, really shock in this result. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always kind of surprising to see Man United lose at home to one of the lesser, lesser lights, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not a top six, seven club. Um, but <clears throat> I didn't realise how good Roy Hodgson's recent record there was, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's, it's four and beaten there now, I think it said. Um, but the struggles continue for Man United. They just can't seem to click going forwards. And, you know, you can't say that Anana's improved them particularly um, at the other end. Granted, he had no chance with the goal, but uh, you know the, they're no better off than they were last season, and they seem to lose a defender every week. Um, I think Martinez is out for another extended period, shall we say? I don't know how long it'll be, but I think I heard today is until the new year. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a big problem for them because uh, obviously he is good, and uh, I don't think that you know Lindelof, Evans, Maguire. Um, will be adequate replacements. So um, add that obviously Shaw's out, Mambasaka's out, and that's pretty much three of the back four. So <laughs> not great news for them. Um, but yeah, Palace. Um, once again, no one really understands Crystal Palace. Like they haven't uh, haven't been like made a headline all season, and yet once again they're comfortable. They'll fin- <laughs> they'll finish. You know, probably tenth. Um, as he has snapped a hamstring, at least they start injured and you think, oh, they'll struggle. They won't. Someone else will just do it. Like Jordan Ayew will score. No one understands that either. Um, and the, the circle of life will continue forevermore. Um, so, ah, great. It, it's funny with Chris and Palace. Like, just looking at the lineup of the replay of the week, like Joel Wards, <laughs> Will Hughes, and Jeffrey Shaw. I started for, like, I. It doesn't. That doesn't make sense. I, I'm sure Joe Joe Ward was, was playing in the 90s. It's <laughs> been around forever. It's a very odd team, and I mean, like, I I I wasn't shocked when I saw the result come through. And I think the fact, like, a few seasons ago, Man U lost at home to Crystal Palace one 0 That'd probably be first the match of the day. I think it was fifth or sixth yeah. the running order. Like, yeah. it's just. It's just, it's not, it's not headline news anymore. And you know, this, this uh, post Ferguson malaise, <laughs> it's going on a while, isn't it? We're nearly halfway through the length of the Ferguson glory is right. Yeah, I think we need to, we need to stop going on about post Ferguson. Surely, you know, like, yeah, is, it's beyond the joke. Like Blackburn aren't still talking about post Kenny Douglas. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's starting to feel like. Um, I was just looking at the squads, obviously, for, for this game. Now, I know Varane, obviously, was injured. Um, and, and I assume Lindelof was as well. Um, why in the 87th minute are we bringing on Harry Maguire in a place when, when you're losing? Like, does it really matter if you're only playing with two defenders and you can bring on other than um, Scott McTominay? Like, yeah, it's fine. But he's... he's been pretty well for Scotland. Like he <laughs> actually scores goals, he does really well. Again, for a Man United team losing to Crystal Palace. Like, please, I'm, work I'm, out. I'm, I'm just looking. Fucking Donny Van Der Beek was on the bench. He came on. Like, 
What? Oh my word! I, I just. Oh, I mean, surely, like you, at the stage when you bring in Maguire and Van der Beek on, when you're losing. You might, like, turn to Jaden Sancho and go, oh, do you know what, you don't need to apologise, mate, because I, I'd rather have you, a disrespectful Jaden Sancho, on the bench to bring on than them to... I had no idea Van der Beek was still up, man, you. Well, he's, I'm assuming he's only really in the squad <laughs> um, because Sancho won't apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Again, as I say, they're just an absolute shambles of a club. Like, they are... Like, it's just a laughing stock. Like, they, they really are. The thing is, with Van der Beek, he's been there for so long, and I still don't know if he's any good or not. He's never, never played. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's an absolute mystery. <laughs> I wonder how many minutes he actually has for Man United. Like, I don't, do you reckon he got more minutes for Everton in that loan spell than he has <laughs> time at United? I don't know. I remember, like, under Solskjaer when he signed, they were like, I oh, came on, he scored against, I think it was Palace on his debut, and it's was like, ah, oh, great. He might be all right, and then he just didn't play, and then it's like, all oh, right, and he surely came on, scored, scored like at Watford or something, and uh, thought, oh, he's, he's quite good, this kid, but no, 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 no game time for him. Absolutely not. It's, I just do not understand it, but yeah, I think well, I don't think I'll be the last time we see that about the squad. Hmm. <laughs> who, who was the fellow who went to Everton from Arsenal? Was it Davy Classen? From Ajax, sorry. Um, uh, Classen, yeah. Yes. Yeah, another one who came from Ajax, really highly rated, never played. Like I. Nope. That Ajax Academy just just develops players for the sake of it. Don't, and, don't and play them. And went back to Ajax as well. And, oh, he will. And, and, and so will Van der Beek. Don't worry about that. Eventually, when, <laughs> when his contract has a few enough months left on it to pay it up, he'll be gone. Back to Ajax. <laughs> once, he's, once he's run out of the Premier League money, he's got all that money. <laughs> <laughs> he's up in the bag. He's like, let's go back to Holland. Live, live, a, live a respectable life now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, next up was your lot. Mm. A 2 0 win, home win at Burnley. Um, just ticking along nicely now for Newcastle. Yeah, I think that's four clean sheets on Spain, including the cup game against City. So, um, back to the foundations that got us so much success at the start of last season. Um, there's nothing flash about this at all. Good goal from Almiron. Um, probably should have had more than two. Um, Isaac probably wasn't at his best, but took a nice penalty towards the end to seal the deal. But, um, yeah, we're, we're starting to have a... You can see the issues mounting with uh, sort of managing the squad um, through these twice-a-week matches we're having to play at the moment. Not helped by the fact that every draw we have, we draw, like... We've had Man City away, we've had now Man United away... Sorry, Man City away, Man, Man United away in the next round of the Carabao, and we've also had, obviously, the, the Milan-Dortmund-PSG Champions League group, which is... There's just no rest. There's no, like, time to, to rotate the squad, like... Would love to have played a Port Vale or Mansfield or someone did last week, but no, no, we had to play Man City, didn't we? So, um, you know, Callum Wilson's fighting with hamstrings, so he's out for. Well, he's going to miss PSG, might back for the weekend. Um, Joe Linton came on, back from injury, and went straight off, so it's useful. Um, Sven Botman's out last the international break, and he's our best defender by a distance. Um, and now Anthony Gordon's banned because he managed to get five yellows in seven games. So, um, not the best news in terms of the squad, but um, somehow still winning. Um, one game at a time, let's just keep going. It's almost like the national break, so a bit of a salvation at the minute, even though 
actually players go off all around the world and you kind of keep your fingers crossed for them but um, just gives us a chance to, to rest a few anyway yeah, it's a shame the Anthony Gordon suspension's coming. He's kind of coming on his own. He, yeah, he's... Um, everything he wasn't when he first joined, he now is. And we we always said, like, he wasn't, like, ready for the way Eddie Howe plays football. Um, and to be fair to him, he went off under-21s, had a great tournament. He came back, had about three days off, joined training, went to America with us, um, and did everything you'd expect and more um, from a relatively new sign, and now I would say he's probably the first attacker on the team sheet in terms of you know the other two strikers get rotated. Almiron's hit and miss. Gordon's like always on. He, he just doesn't rest. He's like he's like a child. Like he just runs and runs and runs, <laughs> and then and that's why he's got five yellows because he just can't curb himself. But I think it's one of those where like you don't really want him to. Like it's kind of. It's part of his game. It, gives, it gives him his edge a little bit, um, and I didn't see it coming to be honest. I, I thought he was, I didn't really like about Everton, um, but he has really surprised us and he's really applied himself. So, it'd be a shame to miss him for West Ham at the weekend, um, but at least he can play against PSG tomorrow, um, and we'll see how he gets on. Yeah, it's good. You can, I mean, you kind of you can almost force how to play him now against PSG, and then. He gets his, you know, he gets the rest that he might yeah. have got, you know, rather well, that's it, like burning them out. Because the thing is, he's probably got a free run in the team for the for the most part because Harvey Barnes has broken him out of tarsal, so he's out to the new year. So, ah, okay. Um, other than you know, there'll be games where maybe a Joel Linton plays out there or, or Joel Willock when he's eventually fit again. Um, yeah. They could play there in certain games, but generally it'll be it'll be him uh, and only him really in the majority of matches. So. Um, a rest might be good for the, for the time <laughs> being. Yeah, Sai, anything to add on there? Can you guys with him? I mean, yeah, like Dave sort of said, what, four clean sheets in a row now. It's kind of like they sort of got back into invincible mode from, from last season. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the start of the season that they had, they, they you know, it was what, what, one win from the first four games, three defeats, but you the sort of context they, they were playing some decent teams as well in you know the, the games that they lost so it would be sort of interesting now over the next few months with um obviously you know european football started and the league cup as well uh sort of like managing the squads um because i do think it's it is still probably a bit light to navigate all of those competitions um and obviously with the quality of the teams they've got in their Champions League group as well, that they, you know, they, they, they probably can't afford any sort of injuries or anything like that. Um, but no, they're yeah, looking really good again. And, um, you know, Wilson and Isaac, they've got two really, really good options up front. So happy days for Dave, I think. Let's hope so. But let me, let, 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 let's see how I feel after Mbappe runs against Dan Byrne tomorrow mm. night. <laughs> Dan has got on those long legs. Hmm. <laughs> right, one, of, one of those games where I think you need to uh, you need to put a Martin Keown style reducer challenging at early doors. You let him know you're there. <laughs> 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 I, think you might, I think you might more need uh, Roy Keane against Alf Allen. <laughs> 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 um, two Sheffield United. No, up next. Um, maybe the least surprising result. 
Sheffield um, United aren't very good. Um, West Ham are just that steady team. Yeah, I don't think we should waste too much time on this, but uh, yep. uh, Sheffield United are utterly dross. Um, I, I just I don't see how they're ever going to stay up. Like I, I can't imagine Heckenbottom will be in the job forever. Um, I'd be surprised if he's out the season, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, not good. I'd say the only I'd say the only thing that I could see him keeping his job is if they're just ready for next season again, like in the championship, and they think he's the guy to bring them back up. Well, I mean, they might do. I I don't know, but. Uh, I just, they're just not very good. <laughs> well, yeah. That's the nicest thing I can say about them. I mean, the, I think they, they, their squad is is weaker than the one they got promoted with, and they, they lost like two or three of their best players that helped yeah. them get up. So, this, yeah, it's no surprise, really. Like you said, this is the, probably the least surprising result of the weekend. Um, okay, so maybe probably the biggest <laughs> shock of the weekend Wolves 2, Man City 1. Um, me and Dave discussed slightly B-Pod uh, before you came on. Right. Whilst it's a really short result, Man City do throw these in. You tend not to lose to the big teams. Yeah. You lose to somebody like... Well, and and uh, we, we were saying, I wonder if it's a, almost an arrogance. Kind of got it too easy type. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's a strange one. like you say, they... Early doors every season, they do seem to chuck a couple of these kind of defeats in, don't they? It's, um, yeah, I mean, there's, it's possibly a bit of arrogance and complacency. I mean, you could you could understand them maybe being a bit arrogant, going to Wolves thinking, you know, they'll, they'll turn them over and, you know, they, they should do really. But, um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a weird one that they, they kind of, they always do this and... It it's normally takes them a few months to like really click into full Man City mode. Um, I mean, obviously, the start of the season, you know, they won the first six games. So, yeah, a bit, bit of a bad one for them. I, I suppose, though, they'd rather get def- this defeat out of the way in this game than next week against Arsenal. You know, maybe this is just the little kick up the arse Johnson system they need before that big game. But... Um, yeah, you could see, like, even just in this game, they, they do miss Rodri. Like, Kovacic is a good footballer, but he's not, he's not Rodri. He just does not offer anywhere near the qualities that, that he does. And, you know, if they if it was obvious that he was a miss in this game, they'll, they'll need to be right on it next week against Arsenal. They will. Um, and Saka's going to have injured again for Arsenal tonight. Um Arsenal's attackers are dropping like flies, flies a bit at the minute. They're um, struggling a bit to get... Obviously, Martinelli's out. If Saka's going to miss any extended period of time, then um, that's not good, but very handy for Man City, who, as you say, without Rodri, have looked susceptible. I mean, they've lost both games without him, which is unheard of at this City team. Barely lose at all. Um, I mean, granted, they didn't play their best team in the Cup. Not expected, but still should have had enough to beat Paul Dummett and did not. <laughs> Um, so I'm intrigued to see how it goes at the weekend if uh, everyone's missing who's meant to be it might be uh, a bit of a different game but um, yeah I mean Man City did enough to win this game really looking at the statistics you know Wolves were 
efficient, shall we say, on the counter-attack. But, uh, Harlan's gone, I wouldn't say off the boil a little bit, but he, people, teams are starting to deal him a bit more. Like Craig Dawson did very well against him here, and it's, you know, I like Craig Dawson, but he's not like, you know, mm. a Champions League level defender, is he? Like he's, he's, he's no. good, but he's not like, you know. But he's, he, what he is, and we've, like on a couple of occasions that have mentioned this, the, 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 the certain type of centre-back which that that has been able to kind of deal with him and it, mm. it's the it's it's those kind of like old school physical ones who, who get into that physical and obviously Harlan's a big boy and and you know is capable and does win a lot of his physical battles as well. But that that seems to be the way to try and, and stop him. Um yeah, I agree with you, yeah. He's he's kind of I heard something again that I think since like the end of March last season, he's only scored one in one game against the top six, and I think that was when they batted Arsenal towards the back of the last season. And obviously, you know, you're not going to be by any stretch of the imagination writing him off or anything. You know, saying all oh, the people have figured him out, but he's yeah. We're on review. It's not a case of he's gone off the boil, but he's not looking as clinical as he as he has in the past. But I'm sure. You'd probably go and score a hat trick against him <laughs> on the weekend now. <laughs> is, is it is it more to do with like he couldn't sustain his ratio that like, he was scoring at? Like that was a big yeah. And he yeah, I think that's some absolute setters as well. <laughs> I think it was. But, it was... <laughs> I mean, he's in the team where he can afford to miss chances, but I, I mean, we did that. Um, and it was like, how do you stop him? And and my answer was fairly simple, just defend. <laughs> and as you both pointed out, like Craig Dawson managed it quite comfortably. Because he there's no nonsense about Craig Dawson. He's not he's not great by any stretch, but mm. he just does the basics very well. Yeah. And then if you can do the basics well with strength, like a like a yeah. school like your like your your nineties, early noughties defenders. Or Van Dyke first marked him before the I'm sure it was before the injury. Uh, or maybe just after it, but with somebody with pace, like Tyrone Mings managed it. Yeah. You know, because somebody, if you've got pace and a bit of strength, brilliant. Or if you can just have pure strength with a really good mental attitude where you're not, because he is relentless and you can just not give up. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's not difficult, that sounds really bad, but I, it's just do your basic. I, I genuinely feel like that Jamie Carragher back in the day would have, would have not found it easy, but would have controlled him for majority. He might have still scored because of lapse in concentration, but somebody with that dogged personality. Yeah. Well, that that what you just said there, the, the lack of concentration. That that's that's where he gets you. Because, like you said as well, he is relentless. He will keep going. So it's it's tough, but you you have to be as a centre back. You've got to be on it all games. I mean, the the game that we had against um, uh Last season, I've been a part. We drew one-one. Like, so, like Mings dealt with him really, really well for the majority of that game. But Harlan still scored through one, yeah. you know, one just drop of concentration in, in the area. But um, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, taking nothing away from Harlan, but I, I just don't think he's this. Mm. It's hard because I'm, I'm going to say he's not a special player because he has a special. He's a special talent, but he doesn't do anything special. Just does, again, yeah, I get what you mean. Very, very, very well. Like when you look at other players, 
like forwards, your Messi's, your Suarez, your Agueros. They, they just did stuff that forwards weren't doing. But even even his movements very straight. You know, it's very yeah. straight lines. He's just fast. He's powerful. He's just a goal scorer. He's basically the modern Alan Shearer. <laughs> and that, what, what, yeah, like it's a great thing to be, but. I, like I feel like I'm talking down on him. No, I, I, I get what you mean, yeah. I get exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, just, 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 before, just quickly before we move on, quick words on, on Wolves. I've, I've got to say, I've been surprised with them this season. I think O'Neill is doing a decent job there. You know, they won today. They were so unlucky not to have got any anything at Old Trafford on, on the opening day of the season. And even against... Uh, against you guys Liverpool you know they they ran out of gas in the second half yeah, and, and you really, went on but the, really the first half they were really good I, I'm, really good yeah I've been surprised with them actually um, shall we do the Sunday game before before the, <laughs> the Saturday night game because I feel obviously this there's quite a big talking point and I, I'm not sure any of us have got much to stay on not for us one bread for one I mean the, the only thing I've got from that was um there was a Brentford should have had a penalty. Yes. Uh, I, 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 yes. I, I can't work out. No. It was the goalkeeper, wasn't it? Yeah. I would say it was the worst VAR decision of Sunday. Um, Saturday is <laughs> sewn up, but um, yeah, I, I, was, I was watching this without sound um, and I just looked up and thought, oh, that's going to be a pen. <laughs> it just wasn't given. And I was like, that's unusual. Why? Why have, they reviewed, why, why, have they, why have they looked at that and thought, you know what, that's fine. <laughs> just like, Obviously, the audio of the Liverpool one that's been announced today, which we'll obviously will come on. I want to hear the audio of this one. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what they're thinking now. Yeah. Oh, I'm, looking for, I'm looking forward to the next uh, Michael and Webb look when they bring that back for, <laughs> for, uh, for Sky, when they try and justify all this nonsense. Um, um, yeah, so, I mean, apart from that, Diabolical penalty. Brentford really need to pick up a bit, though. I feel they're they're, they're sloppy this year. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's only one win, isn't it? Um, yeah, I said this in in pre-season as well. That like without the keeper, who I think not only saves them a lot but also starts a lot of their attacks. Um, mm-hmm. Without him and without Tony, um, yeah. I, was, I was a little bit worried for them. I mean, not worried because I don't like Thomas Frank, but you know, I didn't think they'd do as <laughs> didn't think they'd do as well as they did last season. And, yeah, uh, and Rico Henry's out for the season as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's a big loss. Um, I like him a lot, but uh, without him. They've got Ben Mee injured at the moment as well, who, you know, he's, he's done really well for them, actually. Yeah, been he has. has. Brilliant, yeah, yeah but, and they also spent £25 million on Nathan Collins and expect that to work out for them. So, I mean, <laughs> fr- frankly, I've got, re- got really limited sympathy. But, um, yeah, the, to lose, well, to not lose, but to end up drawing a game, having gone ahead against 10 men, and it's, yeah. not, and it's Nottingham Forest, like, it's not a great look, is it? Um, having lost at home to Everton last weekend... A bit of a concern. Having said that, Brentford did more than enough to win the game with ten men. They just couldn't quite force down the second goal. Um, Forrest defended pretty well, I thought. Well, Brentford, they're they're way at Man U on Saturday, so they'll uh, they'll go kick out their season there. Well, I think we said this last week. It's the type of game. That, it's the type of game that Brentford are really up for. Um, it's almost like yeah. it's almost like they play these games against like mediocre opposition and go well, you know. This we could do this any time. What's the point? But then when they play against the, the bigger teams, they're like, great, let's not feed them for a week. Raw meat on the on the morning of the game, and then let's have it. 
Right, um, that'll be right then. Um, Tottenham 2, Liverpool 1. Um, <laughs> where, where, where do we start on this? Um, I'm going to start, right, right, first of all, I have no issue with the red card. I didn't think it was a red card. Until we had been given. Like, mm. I, I can kind of... Um, but for me, it was just, for me, yellow, it should have been, but again, no issue with it. The Jota one, just an absolute moron. Um, I didn't think the first yellow was a yellow, but BR can't do nothing about that. So human error, again, human error, mm. real time, I am completely fine with. When you can't make, when you've just got a quick second to make a decision. Yeah. Um, now that is. I think we we with the Jota one like yeah, the, the first yellow is obviously ridiculous, but I think he made a foul a couple of minutes before that, which he, he probably should have been booked for. I, I know that doesn't mean that you then book him for nothing, but what once you're on a yellow card, you've got the blame's got to be on the player for that the second yellow that you got. That was that was ridiculous. Yeah. Second one, even Klopp kind of just Klopp didn't even look at him when he went off. He was just yeah. disgusted on him. He's like um, moronic. Yeah. Uh, first one, what was your thoughts on it, uh, the Jones one? I I can see why it was given. Personally, I think yellow would have been fine there. It's, it's one of those, like, it looks bad in slow-mo, and he has caught him, but he's, his foot kind of looks like it sort of slips off, off the ball off the ball onto him. So, like, I, I personally think a yellow should have been given for that however i i'm not no I, i'm not looking at thinking that's a ridiculous yeah. decision to have yeah. sent him you're off the same as me yeah you yeah. see why dave for yourself you... yeah i mean things i don't think he's gone to do them but then like the slip hasn't helped matters and i think you can't really factor that in by the way he makes contact yeah. with him it's like it, it is dangerous play by the end of it but like i don't think he's gone out with the intention of nagging him but uh ultimately that's what happened so yeah yeah I'm glad you used the word dangerous because not a single pundit used dangerous. Even the ones who said it should have been a red, they all said it was reckless, so he should be sent off. Reckless uh, automatically. Means uh, I think you could see uh, his, his back foot slips, which I don't know how much impact that has, but it obviously affects a little bit. Yeah. As I say, yeah, I, I, for me, it's the same as Simon. I, for me, yellow card would have been fine, but again, no real quarrel about it being red. Mm. Um, because... There's a way to justify both. That's basically what I'm saying. Right. Um, <laughs> the, the, the offside goal. Um, forget about forget about the goal, just in general. But let's just talk about referees in general. And yeah, <sighs> like, I mean, what was your initial thoughts when you when you watched it? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I said at the time, like, that's a mile on side, it'll be given. Yeah. And yeah, I went, so, went, yeah. up, went off to do something with uh, my son, came back in and was like, oh, it wasn't given. It's odd. Um, <laughs> and then obviously it all exploded later on, but uh, to me, I was like, how, how was that offside? I just I couldn't see how, how like, it was given. Like, you kind of, I thought is, I must be one of those that when... When uh, you, like there's been like situations before when like you've looked at the naked line and thought he's on side there, but then you yeah. see the lines come down, you go, oh, okay, fair enough, maybe he's just not got the right angle, but yeah, <laughs> I mean the the aftermath. 
fucking hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we've not exactly been shy about um, our criticism of not so much VAR, really. It's more, again, the people controlling. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But this is just... Like, I, I mean, I went to the extreme on Saturday just talking about just, just corruption, like, deep-rooted. And, and I stand by it. Like, I'm, I'm not saying who against that, but I, I just refuse to believe officials can be this incompetent so often. We've had three apologies this year. The MOL. Three and seven games. I mean, you, you, you say it's difficult to believe the level of incompetence, but having, having heard the... Listen to the audio <laughs> and, and the, the sheer panic in all their voices as they go, shit, shit, shit. Like... What I don't understand, right? Like, if you're in their shoes and obviously the players restarted, none of them think, like, what's going to cause less of a shit show? We stop a, play, a, a game <laughs> 10 seconds after kicking back off again to say, you know what, when that was a goal. Happened. Or what not giving a goal. Like, and they've gone, you know what? Let's just leave it. <laughs> like, I was watching um, Sky Sports News earlier like, when, when it, it came out and um, one of the guys on there was uh, saying, you know, he was asked, why didn't they stop it? And he's going, yeah, well, you can hear them say they can't do anything because it, you know, it, it's the letter of the law. It would be breaking the letters of the law to stop the game. And I sat there thinking, like, but haven't they broke the letters of the law by, by not, you know? That's it. Thanks. <laughs> Shoot, like, thing, thing is, right? If they stop the play when it's restarted and go, hang on a minute, that was a goal, right? Then we'd yeah. laugh, we'd laugh about it for twenty minutes. Then go, well, he's got the right decision in the end, day, lads. Whereas now we've had four days now or whatever it is of people complaining about it and saying, let's do this, let's do that, let's listen to footage, let's, you know. And now these three, these three are probably going to get, you know, suspended or fined or sacked or whatever, right? Um, whereas in the first scenario. They might have got a ticket off in a demotion for a weekend, but they would have been all right in the long run. Uh, yeah. Now, now they'll never ever live this down, probably. <laughs> but, but what was? Yeah. I was thinking, what was like really bad uh, listening? Uh, well, you know, listening to that audio and saying watching it is that it wasn't any of the actual VAR officials who realised they yeah. up. It was it was the the guy who just plays them the clips. Who's <laughs> I got the what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, an eye opener, wasn't it? And uh, I was really surprised by how, like, the VAR uh, was it Darren England kept going. Uh, no, no, we can't do anything about it now. It's done. Like, yeah, that's to me that's borderline suspicious. Like, why wouldn't you just like, as I said earlier, like, just go? You know what? Let's let's stop it. Get yeah. the fourth official involved. Town, and we'll just say we miscommunicated. And people would have been like, well, you know, at least the right decision was made. But he's going, no, no, can't do nothing. Sorry, go, not given. Mm. Um, I just think that's very odd. Because also, like, the, the referee, you know, you've had, like, loads of uh, you know, people you know, talk about the referee and all that, and, you know, oh, God, what was he doing? He's actually had a pretty decent game, I thought. He, he's been made to look stupid by the people who are meant to be helping him. Well, yeah, because yeah, he's he's technically not made any. He's gone along yeah. with what Var and his assistant have basically communicated because he's got nothing to do with the offside decisions. In fairness, well, that's it. I mean, Klopp was complaining about him after the game, but like he only gave a yellow card for Curtis Jones. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was it was the Var who overturned that one, and uh, obviously the Var messed up for the uh, well, the liner gave offside, and obviously the Var um, well failed to overturn that, um, and then the two yellows for Jota. I mean. They are yellow card offences, I think. Like, 
maybe a second, maybe slightly debatable given how quickly it happened after one another, but uh, you know, wasn't anywhere near. The second near. one was inevitable. No, it's just the second one was the clearest yellow card that all day. It just put on it. But I mean, Klopp's just obviously the heat of the moment. Where, where like, to especially conceding so late on as well. Like, just, I felt so bad for a group of players. Um, like, I can't fault Liverpool. Liverpool literally matched first. I thought they played really, really well. At 11, with 11 men, with 10 men, with 9 men, I thought Liverpool played really well. I really did. Um, and had we went 2-1 up, who knows? Might have spurs, spurred Spurs on to, to, to pump us. <laughs> um, it also means John or Mike doesn't come on at that time or you know it's just one of those yeah. kind of events that we'll, we'll never know but I've just never been so so angry um, and I just don't understand on the, this, why why Robbie the audio like why did they do it like what what did they think was going to come of this oh, they've been really transparent with us people will forgive us yeah <laughs> like I've never seen so many like Opposing fan bases stick up for Liverpool so much in my life. <laughs> ben Foster's on his podcast with Mark Goldbridge talking about, he says the same as me, by the way. He came out today saying there's corruption and Sky and uh, BGMOL. So I'm, I'm now feeling rectified. Uh, but, like, what, what? Is this the first time they've ever released audio of a VAR decision? They did it earlier on in, in the season, didn't they? That um, show that Dave's on about Howard Webb and Michael Owen, like talking about some of the decisions that they've already got wrong in the first four games of the season. So I haven't seen any of I'm like, I just couldn't believe when I seen the clip. Like, obviously, you guys put it in the chat and, and the Liverpool group, obviously, because that's going off mad. So I obviously clicked on it to listen to it, and I'm like, I just, I just didn't understand. Like, what good? Nobody came out. No official came out. Good. Like, it literally took them about two minutes to actually understand what was going on. Oh, I don't know. These guys are, can I just point out, these guys are on over £100,000 a year. That's interesting. Mm. <laughs> it's between, between 100 and £150,000 a year. All these officials are on. Oh, I mean... I don't, I don't, I don't know what what the answer is or what you can do. It's um, it's and again, really, really bad. Yeah, and, and I'll stand by. I have no issue with that. No, yeah, oh, it's just totally the, the people, and you kind of like it makes you sort of think, like, what the the people are sort of operating in the um, you know, the the angles that they show and and things like that. Does it? Does it have to be ex-referees? Could there not be well, people like specially trained to to actually operate it properly? Surely there must be a better way. And this is where my corruption theory comes in. I believe that should be done for referees. They, they, they should have to have passed the referee exam so they know the laws of the game. Yeah. But they should not be refer- they should not be part of that circle. I've heard too many stories now from referees who retire. Whether we believe, whether they're just seeing it now that their ex-referees said that, like Mike Dean said it. Well, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Howard Webb, they don't want to upset their pals. Yeah. 
that's going to happen the whole time. Can you imagine a young referee just coming up? You know what? You work VAR. This is your Liverpool Man City game. You mm. work the VAR room. Is he really going to go up against like a Michael Oliver and like you know make him look stupid on TV? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I think that there has been examples of, of that. Uh, you know, already when it came, the, the, I can't remember the, the game or what it was, but there was definitely the first season it was brought yeah. in, there was something like where the, the, the guy operating the VAR was like a young and experienced ref. And yeah, exactly what you just said. It was like when he's up in the pull up. Yeah, or the other way around. Imagine it's a new referee, this new upstart, I don't know, John Smith, this new referee, you know, 20, 25 yeah. years old, making a name for him. What was in the VAR room? him taking his place as like the European referee or you know Champions League etc um, yes so I, I just wish there wasn't any, um, I know you know like if we can have all these ex not that any of them are intelligent enough but <laughs> like if we can have so many ex players and pundits etc etc why can't we have them go and sit in the exam and passing it and then them being part of a panel as well yeah uh, like just a mixed up panel. Just I don't know. I I, I like how it's all in one. Can't be telling referees to be correcting other referees. It, it definitely needs to be a uh, the, the VAR process should almost be like VAR employees. If that makes sense. Somehow, like mm. you're employed by the VAR. Well, you know, it's something, <laughs> something along those lines. But it definitely like Michael Oliver. You're no referee this week, but you can go and take charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really, you're still refereeing. You know, like you're making decisions still. But oh, just an absolute, just an absolute shit show of a of a. I actually just ruined such. And we're not. Talk, I feel really bad, right? Because I really like Ange. I like the way Spurs are started. But nobody's talking about them getting this big win. Like no yeah. all. And it's a shame. I mean, whether they deserve it or not, it's completely... I, I thought they actually played quite well. They did all right. Um, they probably could have done a wee bit more to exploit the ten and nine men. But up to the task and got the goal when it mattered. They kept pressing long enough. Yeah, I think it would be an interesting 11 v 11 because they didn't play that well. Um Probably not well enough to say they were going to win the game out from the out, out from the outset, but they did enough. Um, obviously, they got gifted the winning goal, but oh. by, by that point, I mean, what can you say? <laughs> Mark at me shot to, in the same cannon as Wobble. Fucking hate the donkey, man. He's just fucking useless. And Kanati was on the bench. It's so annoying. It's what I hate about Klopp sometimes. Um, but again. See, I'm taking it off. I'm taking it off Spurs, but it's just so frustrating. Never been so disappointed in a game. Yeah, wasn't wasn't a great way to lose, was it? No, I mean it's one. We almost you can take not pity is not the word. Like it's it's hard to be downhearted about losing mm. that because. Yeah, no, I get what you mean through that. Say, um, I just realised there was a game on Monday night. Um, Chelsea 2, uh, Fulham 0. I uh, didn't hear of it. Did you guys see it? Any thoughts on it? 
I watched most of it. It was um, very routine, actually. Fulham are poor. Um, and I think Fulham starting to fall a little bit into the uh, into the old Bournemouth category where they're like, they're really not very good. Um, and obviously, yeah. you know, they've lost Mitrovic, who is obviously a big part of what they do. Um, <clears throat> and uh, they just look very toothless, to be honest, which is not really surprised when they're replacing with Raul Jimenez, who hasn't been good for three years now. Um, they're lucky that there's a lot of poor teams in the league, because otherwise I think they'd be contenders to be in the mix. But as it is, they're probably like bottom six, <laughs> bottom seven. Um, if, you know, that kind of area, they're just very rank average. Um, players like Tim Ream, who were kind of performing above their level, I think, for uh, a number of seasons, starting to look more like the championship players they really are. Um, and, uh, yeah, not very high on Fulham at all. Um, don't think that... I think, uh... I, I think William's anti-aging potion that season's worn off. <laughs> well, someone checked his pulse because he he turned da- he turned down the Saudi money. Like, what's that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> that's not right. Um, I did not realise Fulham signed Alex Awobi and who's the other birds? Oh, Adam Matroni. Um, They've collected a series of poor wingers. Um, <laughs> It will be Traore, Willian, um, Harry Wilson's there. Harry Wilson's always going to be there. <laughs> you know, they've got plenty. Uh, Harry Wilson was Liverpool's answer to, to Sterling. replacement. Him and I were the future after, one after each other. It worked <laughs> very well. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's game's finished. We won't speak too much about it, but Burnley finished 2-1 winners um, in the end. Um seen all things considered so far like three promoter clubs are going to be down there um, yep. and then obviously you know Everton have got problems on and off the field so I think they'll inevitably be stuck down there for a little while unless something dramatically changes um, everyone else like we say Wolves haven't played bad in a lot of their games they've just been a little bit unfortunate with some decisions and whatever else um, so they're they're not great, but they've you know they've, they've shown some few glimpses. Bournemouth, I think, are poor. Um, Fulham, I say, aren't great. Um, Brentford aren't brilliant, but I mean they're going to get Tony back at some point, which will help. Um, there's a lot of shit. Let's be honest, like, and, and <laughs> I think that, that Tony due back in January. January, yeah. yeah, yeah. If he still plays for Bournemouth for Bournemouth Brentford, which would be a bit harsher if he moves, <laughs> like. <laughs> it's like uh, I know, I know, I, you know, 
made some mistakes and uh, got banned from playing football for six months. And thanks for standing by, but I'm uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just uh, going to move to Arsenal now. So thanks for that. See, I, uh, if I was a team in the summer, I would have probably tried and got Tony maybe a little bit on the cheap. You know, while he was suspended, see if we could have got him. And then just had him. I, I assume he's allowed to train, even though he's banned. He was allowed to train as of last week, I think. Yeah. Ah, right. Which again is like who who's policing that? Like is someone like outside Brentford's chairman every day? Be like up, 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 no bids, no cones, nothing. <laughs> I think mean, they, they they should have uh, put put a phone call into Bielsa's spy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be I'll be interesting. I'll be, uh, I mean, let's be fair. We could probably wait twenty games before we have the relegation conversation. <laughs> Well, we have it then every week, depending on the way the results are going. Um, Man United and Arsenal both lost in the Champions League tonight for anyone listening, which is I mean, delightful. Did not see Man United losing home to Galatasaray coming, but. Uh, well, should... Zaha. Well, I forgot he was there. Yeah, well, Zaha. D- and Cardi, who's had nine million club now. Well, that's it. And uh, I, I was watching Arsenal Lons, and uh, honestly, like I think Arsenal without obviously Saka went off injured in the first half. Um, Reese Nelson's not the answer to their problems. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like if he's out for any extended period of time, and obviously Martinelli's still out, it blunts them a lot compared to what we've seen over the last year and a half. Like they're, they're just not the same team without those two. Um, and I think City won't believe they'll look if they go in that game without those two on the opposition. <laughs> Rodri or no uh, Rodri? Chris Haaland scored twice for Man United though. Um, so he, he he must be the real deal after all. Well, good for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, right, well that brings us to the end, chaps. Um, Dave, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you? And what you're all got out at the moment? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at cm 798 um, The current blog on cm 798uk is still the bits abroad. It's out every Sunday. It's about um, I made an entirely British team at Benfica, um, carrying on the work Graham soon has started um, with sexy results. So head over and see that. Sexy results, I like it. Simon? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, on Twitter, it's at Sire Regan and uh, the Holtcast podcast, where we've got a couple of uh, potentially, from a Villa fan point of view, exciting interviews lined up. We're just trying to get some dates sorted, so it's uh, keep an eye out for them. And you can find us at Man Report on all your social media platforms. Um, wherever you get your podcast, give us a please a like, rate and review, uh, five star if you can. Um, it really helps us. Um, but apart from that, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Alistair. Thank you at home for listening. And always remember, keep your man in the post. Yeah.